Welcome back to the Wise Man Superhero Hour, the podcast where we talk about superhero movies until our co-host nope. throws a rolling pin at us. <laughs> this is page 895. Sounded like he was coughing up a piece of shattered glass. Despite that, it was a laugh full of dark amusement, as if the red-haired man had heard a joke that only he could understand. It went on for some time. The bearded soldier shrugged and drew back his foot again. Chronicler cleared his throat, and the two men turned to look at him. In the interest of keeping things civilized, he said, I feel I should mention that the innkeeper sent his assistant out on an errand. He should be back soon. The bearded soldier slapped his companion on the chest with the back of his hand. He's right. Let's get out of here. Wait a moment, the blonde soldier said. He hurried back to the bar and snatched the bottle of wine. Right, let's go. The bearded soldier grinned and went behind the bar, stepping on the innkeeper's body rather than over it. He grabbed a random bottle, knocking over half a dozen others as he did so. They rolled and spun on the counter between the two huge barrels, the tall sapphire-colored one slowly toppling over the edge to shatter on the floor. In less than a minute, the men had gathered up their packs and were out the door. Chronicler hurried over to where Quoth lay on the wooden floor. The red-haired man was already struggling into a sitting position. Well, that was embarrassing, Quoth said. He touched his bloody face and looked at his fingers. He chuckled again, a jagged, joyless sound. Forgot who I was there for a minute. Are you all right? Chronicler asked. Quoth touched his scalp speculatively. I'll need a stitch or two, I suspect. What can I do to help? Chronicler asked, shifting his weight from foot to foot. Don't hover over me. Quoth pushed himself awkwardly to his feet, then slumped into one of the tall stools at the bar. If you want, you can fetch me a glass of water, and maybe a wet cloth. Chronicler scurried back into the kitchen. There was the sound of frantic rummaging, followed by several things falling to the ground. Quoth closed his eyes and leaned heavily against the bar. Why is the door open? Bast called as he stepped through the doorway. It's cold as a witch's tit in here. He froze, his expression stricken. Reshi, what happened? Uh, what? I, what happened? Ah, Bast, Quoth said. Close the door, would you? That's the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Rena. I'm Nick. Forgot who I was for a second there. Doing mm. a lot of yes, work. that's the line I was yeah. talking about on the last one. That's the one that really seals the deal for me as a line with uh, import beyond the literal. Or rather, with... Super literal meaning. Mm -hmm. Literally, he is not the same person. Indeed. Something, his name, has changed. Yeah. Something fundamental and profound about him. Indeed. Even though he has the knowledge, the same experiences, he is not, quote, mm -hmm. anymore. It's so upsetting. It's, you know what it is? And maybe I just think this because I've been listening to uh, uh, Kill James Bond, but it's like when they steal Austin Powers' mojo and Austin Powers' dude, the spy who shagged me. I'm glad to hear you listen to Kill, Kill James Bond. It's a good podcast. I have trouble with it because I can only listen to episodes where I agree with them. Because <laughs> I, I don't enjoy the experience of listening to people trash talk something I like. So I can only listen to episodes where I agree with them the movie is good or that it's bad. <laughs> but, that is such a you thing to say. <laughs> I, I just don't like it. What's to be gained? I don't, I don't like feeling bad. I only want to feel good. Um, but anyway, like that's what's happened to Quoth. He's lost his mojo. Um, he has to meet uh, a Felicity Shagwell. 
Would that we could all be just <laughs> <Shagwell>. <laughs> uh, Truly. Jeremy, there was a Felicity Shagwell out there for everyone. Sometimes more than one. Mm. Um, I The casual cruelty is a real... It's like There's like a one-two punch, emotional gut punch in this scene of the casual cruelty of these bandits and Quoth's total helplessness to do anything about it, right? They, you know, they're literally kicking him while he's down and all he can do, like, and, you know, this isn't exactly nothing because it is unsettling and weird that, like, he's laughing while they're doing it. Um, but then they they steal a couple of his bottles of wine and they knock a bunch over and they break one and, like, the one of the fancy sapphire bottle that they break sounds like a fancy one. We might even have, like, referred to that one previously when we get sort of, like, a description of his bar set up. But, you know, they barely even care enough to rob him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is ostensibly what they were there for. They don't even mention... The purse. Unless I yeah, missed it, picking up the picking purse up of the money. Purse, which I assume they did. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they mentioned that he that one guy goes towards the purse. When? Uh, not on this page, but the previous page. I read it. I read a piece, I think. Or maybe it was, I don't know. It, it would the blonde soldier limped off to reclaim the purse from where yeah. it had fallen. Okay, so they did take the purse. Ha! No. I have a good memory. You do. Thank you, Jordana. Yes. But they take the booze, and later when Bast meets them, they are enjoying the booze. Mm-hmm. And then what's what compounds that one-two punch, the third punch, the kick in our ribs while we're already down, is Quoth's obvious humiliation, right? And Chronicler is doing the thing that I think we can perhaps all relate to. When someone is having a bad time, they've been humiliated or they are otherwise in a bad spot. And you come over and say, what can I do to help? And they go, don't touch me. <laughs> and you're like, awkwardly, like, is there anything I can do? I know that sucks because I saw it happen. You know, that, that was embarrassing for you. But again, I feel like Chronicler has uh, comported himself well through this. He rescues him. He rather mm-hmm. intelligently, um, and you know, by appealing to what they said they wanted initially, which was to remain professional. Uh, he says, you know, there's another person potentially coming. I don't want them to surprise you. Oh, Chronicler says that. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Bas- like, Quoth is like spitting up his own teeth. He's not saying anything. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, Chron- like, I thought, I thought like one of the guys said that to the other guy. No, Chronicler mm-hmm. says in the interest of keeping things civilized. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I, you know, I think Chronicle comes, comes out as looking pretty good. And I think that it, certainly he knows how to handle himself around a robbery as he does in, when he's introduced. Mm-hmm. So this isn't exactly like a character developing moment here, but I do think that he comes out of it looking pretty good. Well, yep. and it is consistent with his earlier characterization, yes. which is as important as developing a character is keeping your characterization consistent. And I feel like if I was Chronicler that like the, the, he makes the right choices, like like jumping up to like physically defend Quoth wouldn't have done anybody any favors. No. And like he doesn't know that Bast hired them. And it's not actually clear if they know that Bast is the innkeeper's boy to which he's referring. But, you know, from Chronicler's perspective, if Bast, the unpredictable and terrifying Fay, comes back, he's gonna like, you know, flay these guys alive and dance in their blood. So he probably doesn't <laughs> want to see that happen either. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Chronicler has a vested interest in uh, not watching Bass deal with these guys. Mm-hmm. 
And like, you know, if we're thinking of Chronicler as a pragmatic person, which I kind of think he comes across as, he's also maybe thinking it would be bad long term for Kvothe, Bast, and me if these guys got violently murdered in this tavern. Yeah. The day after a different guy got violently murdered in this tavern. Like, that's just, like, that's bad vibes. That might get the law involved. Like, we don't, we don't need that to happen. Cursed tavern. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That would be bad for business. Indeed. Certainly. Have we covered all the things? I think so. Oh, the only other thing I wanted to talk about is that the other kind of ingredient I remember when I was reading this is the puzzlement. Uh, as a reader, mm-hmm. you're going, what happened? I, you know, we just finished reading this story of Quoth becoming magically and physically capable, and we've seen him demonstrate it. We just got out of the conversation, or like the story of the uh, the, the killing of the bandits. Mm-hmm. So there's also this puzzlement here. It happens very fast, as all good fight scenes do. So we're still kind of reeling going, wait, what? Like... Mm-hmm. But we also have the context of the earlier time when we know he tried to do sympathy and it didn't work out. Yeah, but so I mean, we're putting those two things together and going, "What's happening here?" Yeah, I think if you're a clever reader who's paying attention to that sort of thing, and I just think I think that the first time I read this book, I didn't remember that, and so I was thinking, "Oh man, what's going on?" And now that I've been inflicted with podcasting madness and I've been <laughs> obsessively reading this book for like five years, now I'm more clued into, aha, not only is this resonant with a thing that happened before, but I'm close reading these two lines that happen a page apart and connecting it to the idea that he might have been unnamed somehow. You know, but like, I think that someone, even someone who's like reading this book for the second or third time might not be putting that stuff together. I would zoom out again and point out that if the first book is kind of about his magical training, this book is about his physical training. Mm-hmm. And so again, he is called in the frame to account for those and is found wanting. Mm-hmm. Reasonable. Yeah. Do we have any uh, listener mail? Uh, that's it for listener mail. So please do provide it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Your window is rapidly shrinking. Indeed. Yeah. Keep it tight and you'll be more likely to be read on the air. Um, it's okay to, if you have a long one in, in that you're dying to get to us, you can break it up into a couple uh, a couple chunks. But it's much easier for us when we're getting letters uh, if, if they are kind of discrete ideas that we can read in a single episode and discuss mm-hmm. rather than you know us trying to find the logical places to break up uh, your your long screeds so yeah if, if you take more than four tweets it's probably too long <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I do want to you know, like I said there's a few letters that we still haven't read if you are desperately listening wondering where those are uh, I'm sad to say I don't think we're going to read them just because I've looked at them quite closely I'm not quite sure how, what the best way is to kind of present them on the podcast so my advice to you if you are a Listener who's thinking of writing in, if you're on the fence, so to speak, I would say uh, try to keep it tight um, and uh, don't feel bad if we aren't able to get to it for whatever reason. Yeah. To be clear, we do read all your letters. We just don't necessarily read them out on the air. But as the Navi say, we see you. Yes. And like the Navi, we use our sex organs to intertwine with the animals we ride. That's right. And we'll be doing that on tomorrow's page. Um, <laughs> the wind. wind!